This is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Spread it like this. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. We Marking Out. Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to your favorite online listening experience in podcast form. That's right, this is Marking Out, episode 506. I keep doing that every week, and I'm going to stop myself from doing it. Thank you very much for listening. We truly appreciate it. Make sure you go to MarkingOut.com, and if you are subscribed on major podcasting applications, uh, you rate, review, and subscribe. Leave five stars. We greatly appreciate that. I want to read some stuff on the show, but no one's putting anything in there. Come on. Get lazy. What's with these pops now? Oh, that's when you uh, – it's an innuendo. <laughs> <laughs> There's the, the the new Manscaped read, which you'll hear later in the show, folks. Go to manscaped.com. Use the coupon code regardless. Save 20% off free shipping. Brandon puts a pop in there while I was editing it. I was laughing so hard. And Rachel's like, what's so funny? I'm like, you won't get it. But anyway, uh, yeah, so rate, review, and subscribe on all your major podcasting applications. ProWrestlingTees.com slash out. Pick up some merchandise there. Um, email us, out one at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us social media-wise, Facebook.com slash out, Twitter.com slash out, YouTube and Instagram.com slash out 11 um, Yeah, go check all that stuff out. Wear that Like a Mask video because, you know, it's still relevant. Really? Like, I, when did I make that? April? July, July thirteenth. Okay, yeah. Wear wear your masks, folks. Go out in public. Wear your masks. Uh, if you don't feel well, make sure you get tested for COVID symptoms uh, because it's still happening. It's happening. That's a that's a big topic in the world of uh, professional wrestling this week. You have a, uh, you had a COVID test or no? No, I have not. My everybody else in my family has had a COVID test. So I heard they don't stick the gimmick in all the way now. There's two of them. There's the one that takes, I think, 72 hours to get back, and then there's the rapid test, which takes 15 minutes. Um, both of my kids got the the rapid test, and I have all these beeps going on behind me, and it's really distracting. My my, my shark, my Roomba-type thing is stuck somewhere, um, and then my son's Tamagotchi's going off right now, so I'm like all over the place. Oh, you better go feed that. <laughs> I fed it so much before, and I saved its life. You know, it had the the skull on there, so I had to give it a bunch of shots. Um, but anyway, my name's Chris. You can follow me on Twitter, Chris Sweendog. Uh Dave, who you can follow on Twitter at his dormant account of DaveTheRave underscore M-O, will be here in a little bit. And also, as you can hear him here, Brandon, the social media influencer that he is. You can follow him at BTTG161. Brandon, how you doing? I'm doing awesome as always. How about yourself? I'm great. I'm healthy. As we you know, speak about COVID tests and stuff like that, I'm healthy, feeling good. What about you? What happened this week? What have you been cooking in the kitchen? I was gonna say. I was gonna say. Well, I don't think. I don't think I'm classified as healthy, but I mean, well, you know, <laughs> I don't have COVID. That's for sure. <laughs> Do you want to look over the list? I have to fill out a form every day to send my son to school. I have to check his temperature. Do you? Have, does he have a sore throat? No. Does he have a fever? No. Oh man. Does he? Yeah. Every single day, and the same for my daughter too. But you know, that's the world that we now live in. See, that's what was kind of annoying when I went to the eye doctor, whatever, like last month or two months ago. I went there. I'm like, I'm not trying to touch anything. And they hand me a clipboard that I got to fill out a piece of paper with all my like COVID symptoms. And I'm like, you could just, like, everything is no. I mean, you well, verbally ask me this. They, they could have sent you a text message to a link, but you know, you still have your Pauly dangerously phone. <laughs> my Zach Morris timeout. Yeah, that's it. Timeout. Zach to the future. But no, I, uh, I, 
I hung out with a friend for uh, the first time in like months, obviously since COVID started. You uh, still for have like real an people. hour or so wow. outside on Saturday, and then Sunday I hung out with Dave and Dan. I know, and they told me about, about this. An hour, hour and a half. Yeah, they I, they show up. First of all, earlier in the day, I get a text message, a picture mes- message of Dan in front of my house. I'm like, what? And I look outside. There's nobody there. I text Dave. He goes, oh, I'm 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 nearby. I'm like, you want to come chill? Okay, fine. So he comes chill. He comes to hang out. Whatever. They both show up. No mask. I was like, what is this? Well, no I, mask. What is this? <laughs> well, rightfully, like they they were both at my house this week also, and they're at my house last week too. And you know, we keep socially distant, and we don't wear. We, you know, we're outside. We're not wearing our masks. You know, Dan well, Dan is was, a bigger Dan's a bigger hypochondriac than I am. That's what I was saying. I was like, Dan's like, do you want me to like wear a mask here? I was like, no, nah, I mean, we're outside. Like, that's, I guess, fine. Like, <laughs> and we're socially only, we only I was invite, like, just don't come close to me. We only invite people to the house that we know are like, you know, kind of serious about this. Like, you know, family and then like close friends. That's it. I'm not inviting, hey, uh, if Dave invites, you know, his uh, neighbor from three houses over that you know, may or may not have written the Young Bucks theme music or something to that <laughs> nature. I'm like, no, he's not coming over. I'm sorry. I don't know where he's been. I uh, I forgot what I was gonna say. Okay, you're, you, you saw friends. You saw Dave and Dan. No, oh, oh, oh. and I, Dan was telling me about the uh, the updates that you have to do for because like he he flew in here, yeah, to New York. So like they text him every day, which I thought was interesting. And I don't know if they're gonna like because I'm gonna I guess have to fill out a form when I go to Florida. Are you you're, you're driving right? Yeah. Oh man, that's gonna be a. You better stop at south of the border. That was my fi- when we used to f- drive down to Florida, like when I was super super young. We used to stop there with this giant gorilla. We take a picture. You get a bumper sticker. It says south of the border. I hope it's still but there. But south of the border is probably like eight hours into the trip or so. Right? Um, maybe I don't know. And I don't think it'll be like two a.m. ish. They're probably open. I'm assuming they have a bunch of truck stops and rats and stuff. Actually, like that. no. It'll be like six a.m. I think I'm leaving at like eleven or or uh, ten or eleven on a Wednesday night. Really? Okay. Yeah, it's in uh, North Carolina, South Carolina, South of the and border. And it's crazy. Like I have not done that trip in like twenty plus years. So now you're so you're one of those people that doesn't have a smartphone. You're like one of you know five. What you're one of two people that I know that doesn't own a smartphone. What are you gonna do with yourself the entire ride down there? I just sit. You're just going to sit. That's it. Yeah. What do you mean? What am I supposed to do on a car trip? I, I listen to my iPod. That's about it. I know. But if you had a smartphone, you could like, you know, watch videos on I YouTube. Don't, I don't need and... to watch movies or anything. First of all, I don't I don't have to like decide whether or not I'm going to sleep. I, I don't know if I'm going to have that road warrior mentality. <laughs> to stay up. Can you yeah, like... like back like back in the day when we would travel to shows, I would stay up and like no matter what time it was, like it didn't matter like John Silver could sleep in the back of the car, but <laughs> but I'm gonna stay up and be a road warrior and and keep the driver company. True. So I don't know if I'm gonna like stay up throughout the whole 24 hour experience or 16 hour experience, whatever many hours it takes to to trek down to Florida. I'm not sure yet, but now the big question is: Are you gonna miss a podcast? I assume so but i don't know i don't know if i'll miss two episodes or what i don't know oh what are we gonna do so you t- you and dave gotta c- collaborate 
God, imagine Dave doing WWE stuff by himself. No, he definitely wouldn't. Yeah, you know, and, uh, you know, it is what it is, and, uh, you know, we'll agree to disagree. All right, and they picked up the victory uh, over this if one. It, if it comes down to that, I could just, like, record quick stuff myself. Can you, ever, like, do, like, an audio log of your entire trip down? Oh, I don't, like... The Marking Out Special episode. <laughs> What's Brandon thinking at 3 o'clock in the morning 10, while going through Delaware? 10 p.m. I just finished NXT, and I will set out on a dark adventure into the nighttime sky. Oh, God. I'll, I'll mail you my I'm Zoom H1. So Jersey. all you have to do is hit record. You'll mail me what? I have, a, like, the Zoom recorder that I have. Zoom? No, it's different from Zoom. You know, because remember Zoom's for boomers, Brandon? Yeah. No, it's like a little handy microphone. So, like, you know, like, reporters use that when they're interviewing somebody. They, like, hold Is it up. Is that the uh, the handy that you used with, uh... I just realized that sounds weird. <laughs> The, the <laughs> microphone that you use to record other interviews from Market Out Past, or no? Yes. And it sounds so great. It, it sounds great. It sounds like we're in the 1950s. No, that's that was the older one. Dave bought that one. Um, mm. this, this is a newer one I have. I use for production and stuff like that. Uh, the voiceover for the newest Manscaped read I did in my bedroom. Oh. And I did it on there, so suck it. Oh, so. Well, I'm all right, but I'd rather just stick with the handy mic. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, so I hang out, I hung out with them, and uh, and then had Chinese food for the first time in maybe two months again. So that's always good. Yeah, solid. and I made pizza again. Nice. What did you put on your pizza this time? And how come you didn't tweet about it or Instagram? Uh, about it? It's it is it's today's Instagram post. So if you go to Instagram dot com slash bttg one six one, it's there. Got twelve likes already. Wow, look at you. But it's it's got. Um, Tri-colored peppers, red, yellow, orange. It's got onions. It has fresh mozzarella cheese. It has provolone. It has shredded mozzarella cheese. Okay. Nice. Solid. Yeah. And it's delicious. And definitely not nutritious. There's some nutritional value to there because of the peppers. Super nutritious. Covered in vegetables. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Well, you know. Pizza is almost a vegetable. It's almost just a full vegetable. Yeah, tomatoes. Onions? Yeah, but you got all that terrible gluten. Oh, gluten. Yeah, right? Truth. Back in my day, nobody cared about that. I know. <laughs> Back in, you're younger than me. Yeah, so you should you should especially know. Yeah. Gluten's a new thing. It's back in again. So uh, how was your week? Uh, it started off pretty slow. Um, I binge watched all of the Mandalorian within tw- uh, twenty four hours. I'm I I I, th- I have to say though I have to watch the last thirty minutes of the last episode, um, and I really enjoyed it. At first, I was like, oh, it kind of gets slow. Then, like you know, he you know hangs out with the child and stuff like that. And there's these two episodes. It's like, oh, hey, the zany what zany adventures of the Mandalorian and the child's gonna go on. And then like everything kind of pulls itself together, and it's freaking awesome. Um, so, and- bigger question. Yeah. You you mentioned watching the Mandalorian, which is on Disney Plus. That's correct. Are you excited? For the Star Wars Holiday Special. The Star Wars Lego Holiday Special. The Lego Star Wars Holiday Special coming November 17th. Absolutely. It's going to be great. I popped at the, the poster for it. It's just the hand. Yeah. <laughs> the Lego hand. Um, but then, I, again, I don't care about Star Wars. I just thought it was funny. Yeah. But uh, then after that, um, Wednesday I had a shoot. 
so you know kind of busy and now i kind of just got bombarded with editing work so i've been doing that and you know doing stuff um and um that's it i think nothing else fun exciting dan and dave came over and we watched all of the rays uh houston astros game hoping that they were going to get swept and then they didn't and then right the astros won last night and now i really think they're going to make it to the world series and baseball's going to be dead to me it's really like you don't think the yankees have a chance the Yankees are eliminated, brother. Oh, what yeah. a surprise. Yeah, they got. and I said on the podcast, I'm probably going to be real sad because they're going to get beaten by the Rays. And they did. It was me, Rachel, the kids, my in-laws were watching on the projector last Friday night, and then they lost because of Rawls Chapman stinks. Everyone's like, oh, don't give it to Rawls Chapman. Don't give any slack to Rawls Chapman. Yes, give him a lot of slack because this is what he does. He's not, and he's he's been so critical within his career. Oh, I can only pitch, you know, I can't pitch two days in a row. I can't pitch two days in a row. Two days in a row. He pitched two days in a row. What happened? He gave up the run again. He did this last year to with Jose Albuve. He did this in 2016 when he pitched two innings because he, you know, he's not more of a two inning pitcher. He gave up that home run to Rosie Davis to tie the game. Luckily, the baseball gods smiled down on the Cubs that year. But anyway, I digress. Um, I'm really wait. wait hope- so who else is who's left in like the, so, the series? So in the NL side, it's the um, the Braves and the Dodgers, and the Braves can close it out tonight um, because they've just been like destroying the Dodgers, which is hilarious. Um, and now the Rays have a three to two series lead over the Astros. So if the Rays win tonight, they go to the World Series. If they lose tonight, it goes to a Game 7, and I just think the Astros are going to win. The Astros, who are a below 500 team, but still miraculously made it into the playoffs because of this new change this year in the, the freaking playoff format, which I think is so dumb. The fact that, like, they weren't even a 500 team. They were, like, two games below 500, and they still made it in, and now they have this run where they beat they beat two terrible postseason teams in the Twins, and also, who are they facing the other round? Who was the other round? But, anyway, regardless, it, it's stupid. I don't like it, and if the Astros make it to the World Series, I hope that the Braves beat the ever-loving snot out of them. Chop on! I'll be a Braves fan for the week that the World Series happens. Uh, you uh, you gonna bang on a, a garbage can or something? Or? Yeah. What, what am I gonna? They're gonna hear me from. They're gonna be playing the World Series in Texas this year. So are they? they? Yeah. Well, they're doing satellite sites for the so for the American League Divisional and Championship Series. It's in San Diego, and then the National League, the National League Championship and Divisional Series, it's in Arlington, Texas, and then the World Series will be in Arlington, Texas, also. Wow, so I, you know, I would have thought that like it would have maybe been in Florida. <laughs> yeah, because they could have packed out those stadiums. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I'm hoping that I was last night. I was so pumped because, but Dan and Dave came over Wednesday night. They stayed here till about midnight watching this, watching the game that you know the Astros ultimately won. But we were just marking out so hard about G-Man Choi, the first baseman, and how cool he is. So then last night he hit the uh, tying home run in the eighth, and I just texted both of them like, G-Man freaking Choi, baby! I saw Twitter was uh, annoyed or upset that they didn't get to see Will Smith versus Will Smith. Yeah. I guess there's two people on separate teams named Will Smith. Yeah. Or Joseph Smith. But anyway, that's uh, my ranting about, uh, you know, a semi-boring week. Um, next week looks like if I can get all my projects done, it's going to be super boring. Um, but, yeah. Uh, let's get on to some professional wrestling talk. Kick off the show with Impact Wrestling from this week. 
Uh, he kicked it off with a backstage segment with Scott Demore and Moose telling him that he wants to cancel his match at Bound for Glory, doesn't want it to take place in an undisclosed location. Scott Demore thinks he's delusional. He has to go deal with Rich Swan, And then the EC3 mind games come about. EC3 is telling Moose that he didn't throw the world championship off a bridge, and he wants him to meet him at that bridge to see if what he actually th- seeks. So uh, EC3 everywhere. He's also on Ring of Honor programming this week too. Again, getting more for more vignettes. You know, my when I watched Impact, it did not have that. No? No. Oh, interesting. Interesting. But you kicked off the in-ring action as Rosemary and Ty Valkyrie pick up the victory of Atasha Seals, Kira Hogan, and Havoc and Nevea. Crazy three-way tag team action in the women's division, but it was ultimately Rosemary putting Tasha away with the double underhook to score the victory. Every third, single third week, win in a row for them. Every, maybe this leads to some sort of the, them bringing back the knockouts tag titles. I, but there aren't enough teams for me to like. I, I know in the Twitch chat, everyone's like, we need the championships back. And it's like, they don't have, like, it, it, there's no, there's uh, there's just not enough tag teams to me. Yeah. there's It's them. It's That's three. it. You have yeah. these three. You have maybe Kimberly and Deanna Prazo, Prazo's champion. Yeah, no, I, I I understand, but you know, it might it might come off, uh, you know, hurt after uh, Bound for Glory, then they go for the knockout tag titles. But anyway, um, later, later on though, yep, Rosemary transports to where Havoc was and asked her to bring back Father James Mitchell again, and then proposed a match where if next week uh, Rosemary wins, she'll help her out, and if not, then that's the end of it, and she's never gonna help her out so i think we're gonna get sinister minister soon i hope so it's pretty <laughs> crazy uh um, next up you on have... this, the same topic of taya valkyrie johnny bravo or rosemary i should say johnny bravo was backstage yelling at his groomsmen and fala mr shady fala saying telling everybody he didn't get the money that he was hoping to get him and Swinger start to argue. Crazy Steve touched Fala's chest and starts questioning him, leading to a match where Crazy Steve's pick, he picks up the victory over Fala. And Steve kept trying yeah. to get Fala to take his shirt off because he felt that wad underneath his shirt. And, I liked uh, it. He played it well, though. He's like, I'm self-conscious. Leave me alone. Yeah. Then they had that goofy camera cut that uh, which led to Steve ripping Fala's shirt open. Yeah. To reveal the, the the wad of money around his neck, and that's what he caused him to lose. So, uh, Next up, they announced a big match for Bound for Glory, as it is the Call Your Shot Shot, Call Your Shot <laughs> Gauntlet, um, which the winner will get a title shot at any title they pick in Impact Wrestling. But the stakes are pretty high here for both Heath and Rhino, as if Heath wins... He gets an impact contract shot and gets a, a title shot as well. But if they both lose, both of them are gone for impact, from impact. So it's safe to say that Heath's winning this entire thing. It's also if Rhino wins, he gets the contract. Yeah, So, it's, but it's, it's safe to say one of them are winning. Perhaps, or maybe they're both headed to WWE because it's like – and I liked how they set that stipulation up too where like Scott was like, you got to tell him. And yeah. Rhino's like, I'm not going to tell him the other part. Yeah. 
Uh, but then so he, you know, th- he doesn't even know that if he loses, Rhino's also gone from Impact. Yeah, well, maybe they're you know they have again. We spoke about it a couple of weeks ago. You know, reports coming out that allegedly Deion Perazzo has a short term contract. EC3 is going to be in Ring of Honor now, also, which is crazy. Um, so, yeah, but you know, next up you have WWE's big... WWE's taking people back right now. So they're not. They just the leak, the AEW leak. Tino Sabatelli apparently is back with WWE. Yeah, because he went in there, did what he had to do, and like, all right, come back to us. Vince is like, Tino, I want you to do this. I want you to go in there and spoil it. Yeah. But what? yeah, that, that segment leads into a 10-person tag team match. Heath Slater and Rhino team up with Alicia Edwards, Hernandez, and Cousin Jake to defeat Brian Myers, Tommy Dreamer, Tennille, Cody Diener, and Johnny Swinger. Um, this was everybody that's going to be partaking in the Call Your Shot gauntlet, I believe. There's 20 people in the Call Your Shot gauntlet. Okay, so this is 10 of them. Yes. Uh, so I will probably get some surprises here and there. But I liked uh, the Deaners, like, absolutely marking out for ECW in this with <laughs> Dreamer and Rhino. I know. Um, Swinger ends up tagging himself in. Uh, Dreamer drags Brian off the apron uh, or out of the ring to fight. And uh, then Heath Slater, or Heath, picked up the victory. You think it's a double disqualification in this uh, Call Your Shot gauntlet between Myers and uh, Dreamer? Big disqualification. Uh, I don't know. I, I, don't know. I, I, I don't fully understand how that match works. All right. But I know that the, the five of them, the five of the people that won, are going to be competing next week for a... Uh... Who gets who gets the, the number 20 spot. Yeah. Yeah. After that, we saw Sammy Callahan backstage distracting Eddie Edwards. Ken Shamrock attacked Eddie Edwards. His robot. Yeah. Did they make a match that's going to be Shamrock versus Eddie Edwards at Bound for Glory yet? Or is it going to be Sammy versus Eddie Edwards? Or do do you think they bring back the Wolves to face off against Sammy Callahan and Ken Shamrock? Hmm. Hmm. They're probably not. I don't think they are. I think Davey Richards is completely done. He's been like retired. Yeah, he's at EMT now. So whatever you're doing, David Richards, we uh, we salute you. We saw Jimmy Jacobs talking to Eric Young, saying that it's up in the air whether or not that uh, Rich Swan will even make it to Bound for Glory. And Eric Young is just like, yeah, 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 happy about that. But the next matchup we saw was Kylie Ray defeat Kimberly. Uh, it's Really nice to see a more ruthless side of of Kylie Ray. Yes, I agree. She didn't let go of the submission after she won. Perazzo breaks it up, but Kylie kind of beats up Deanna Perazzo until she ran away. So it, it, the the face getting the upper hand here. Always good. Yeah. Um, after that, we saw that Good Brothers promo. Leading into did their you see match, the trailer uh, for uh, well, leading into Gallo's match. I did not see a trailer. I saw behind the scenes uh, footage of what talking shot full keg. Yeah, it looks really uh, well. Fun. No, actually, ridiculous. I did see the 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 trailer for that. I, I was talking about uh, talking shop of mania too. Oh, you, did you see which which uh, backstage thing did you see? Did you watch? Uh, Ethan well, I, Pages I saw or? the behind the scenes from from Major. Uh, Ethan Pages Hawkins. is better. No offense. I love. I oh love... wow! You should tweet that. Maybe uh... it's production wise, and also too like Brian. I think Brian said it too. 
Ethan was there for an extra day, so he was able to get more stuff than what they could get. Um, was it? I think Hornswoggle told a story. I don't know if it was Hornswoggle, but him and Hawkins were there talking with maybe Ethan Page. Yep. About Virgil. Yes. And Virgil told a story about how his two-pack, his classic Superstar Series two-pack, comes with a real $100 bill in it. Oh, yeah. And, and, he also Hawkins, says, and, and he also... Hawkins goes, <laughs> and he goes, no, for real, I have it at home or whatever. And it's like, just like the absurdity of that. And also, he, so also he said that the original million dollar title cost $94 million and it's in. Yeah. And also, if you listen to Talk and Shop this week, like Emilio Sparks, their producer, like just had on-site interviews with people there. And he had one with Heath, but Virgil comes in and he just starts talking about um, Andre the Giant. And <laughs> it gets very derogatory. He starts talking about things oh. that should be... Uh, if Manscaped was around back in the 80s, he probably uh, needed that extra charging length. Tell you that much. Use the coupon oh code God. regardless. Save 20% free shipping. But next up, you have Doc Gallows versus Madman Fulton. Ends in a double uh, double countout. Anarchy ensues. Uh, and Josh Matthews, after the break, comes back and says that Impact Management has to restart this match. It's now no disqualifications, no countouts. Doc Gallows wins the match. Um, insanity. It, it, it's a small little storyline now that's kind of set off since they came in with Ace Austin, Mad Mid Fulton. Now going to this big four corners tag team match at Bound for Glory. I just wish it didn't get turned into a no DQ match. Well, that's what happens. Yeah. But we saw the end of the show, or almost the end of the show. Eric Young went to the ring and said. Everything in Impact belongs to him. He's the champion. Then he demanded uh, Rich Swan to come out and say, uh, or or he demanded that Rich Swan quit, like not not have the match. Backstage, we see Scott Demore get a phone call, goes to the ring, and announce that Rich Swan has more damage caused by Eric Young, but he will still make it to the match at Bound for Glory. And then Eric Young jumped Scott D'Amore. Scott's playing sides here, which is a general manager. Typically shouldn't, but uh, happens everywhere in wrestling. (laughs) Everywhere. Uh, And then Rich Swan made the save that uh, we thought was going to be the close of the show. At least I did. But it cuts back to Moose and EC3. To where EC3 didn't throw the title. And that's why I was super confused at this. I was like, I could swear EC3 threw that title over the bridge. It was an illusion. <laughs> so EC3 was there with the championship. It led to a brawl. And uh, we'll see that at Bound for Glory. Yeah. So solid uh, episode of Impact this week. Let's move to Wednesday night and let's move to AEW Dynamite. The big, highly touted one-year anniversary of Dynamite kicks off with FTR successfully uh, defending their tag titles against best friends. The match goes outside the ring. Trent uh, went to went through uh, Kip Sabian's arcade cabinet. It was yeah. almost a countout, but Dash carried uh, Trent back into the ring. And, and then uh, 
the end of this uh, match was so goofy. And I'll, I'll, I'll say this too because, like, they bring the tag titles up, they go to make a big swing, and then Rick Knox just like just goes down and like cowers. Okay, and, like, so I thought you were gonna yell at me for saying it was goofy. <laughs> no, it was. I was I like, "What is this?" Back, I have it. I, I have it written in my notes. I have one I note went for this back entire and show. Rewatched it like maybe seven times to I have, see why, why Rick Knox like. So Dash gets up on the apron with the title in front of the referee. Rick Knox can see the title. He goes back for the swing, and then he, as if he's about to get hit with the title, ducks down, cowers onto all four. I know. I have the only note I I have for this podcast is Rick Knox BS ref calling. I I was like... I mean, the match itself before that was great. I I really enjoyed it. There was something I'm like, oh, man, FTR is going to win. Then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, wow, best friends, but they might actually do this. Um... But it didn't happen, you know. And post- then afterwards, Penelope Ford got Miro to come out and beat down the best friends. Kip Sabian got involved as well, so that's where the best friends will move on to. Um, and then Miro and Kip Sabian defeated Lee Johnson and Sean Maluda yeah. in a definitely a quick match. But Sabian yelled at at Trent for destroying his arcade cabinet, so it's definitely going to be some sort of storyline there. But it's yeah. like. That's like the dumbest thing, like not storyline wise, but how stupid do you have to be to think Trent did that when like he was clearly clearly thrown into it? Because he didn't see it because he was looking in the machine. Also, our arcade cap. Yeah, but Trent's just going to like randomly get the head first. Trent wouldn't do that. He's a gentleman. (laughs) But our arcade cabinets really that. uh... They they probably have those new like build your own ones. They have those for. uh... Ninja Turtles and NBA Jam and stuff like that. They become increasingly popular. Yeah. I, very, <laughs> yeah. That was a weird way you said that. I know. I meant to say it like that. Uh, uh, but backstage, we saw Lance Archer beating up John Moxley. They're brawling, etc. Next segment after that, we saw MJF call out the inner circle, uh, which right off the bat, MJF telling the crowd that they were off key while they were singing Judas. Hilarious. <laughs> it was funny, but Jericho then makes Sammy Guevara put the jacket that MJF finally got for him on, and it was, like, way too big. Yeah, it was and, really funny. Uh, it, MJF is just so good. Jericho asked what MJF's announcement was, and uh, and then there was, like, some sort of animal planet heat there, which I thought was funny. And even more so funny because Eric Young used to host a show on Animal Planet like seven or eight years ago. I remember that. It was like a fishing show. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but MJF basically asked to join the inner circle without ask, without actually asking to join the inner circle. And then Jericho pitched a steak dinner for next week, which uh, I don't remember what they're calling the segment. Uh, I've, oh, man, I forget too. Something, it was something really funny. Uh, what do you think? What kind of, what kind of cut, to, cut to steak you think they're uh, getting making? Eaten. Well, not making it. Um, you know, MJF, MGF, one of MGF's uh, numerous butlers will probably prepare it. Well, or, I mean, I would assume the finest cut of beef. Some Kobe, some Wagyu. Wagyu? Yeah, that's like the American version of Kobe beef. Kobe beef is really Wagyu? like nothing. What? Wagyu. W- Wagyu. I don't know. I watched some video Wait, on it. Like, there's, no, no, Wagyu and, and Kobe are both Japanese cuts, I believe. 
whatever. Regardless, use that coupon code. Maybe, next maybe up, not, but next I was up, thinking maybe Salisbury steak. Gross. No, that um, was a joke. I, I, Salisbury steak if Sammy Guevara was there, but <laughs> speaking of gross, though. Well, I mean, well, this, now, this is uh, this is funny. You have to say that the the chemistry that Tony Schiavone and Dr. Britt Baker have is pretty hilarious. Yeah, but it was like for a while there, it was like, why is Britt Baker feuding with an announcer? But now it just shows how great of friends they are. So Tony and Britt Baker were getting uh, matching massages, I guess. And she looks over and Tony was naked. And she ends up making Tony wax his chest. And I thought for sure it was going to be like one of those Kelly Clarkson moments. Oh, yeah. Where he like gets the, the chest the 40 year old ripped virgin. off. Yeah, Rob yeah, yeah. Grimes. Oh, yeah, Rob Grimes. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so that's two things I didn't expect to see in uh, – in my week, were Tony Schiavone's chest and Jim Ross's uh, Boomer well, Groomer. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. Uh, next up, you have the TNT Championship match go to a time limit draw between the champion, the American Nightmare Cody, with blonde hair this week, and freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy. Um, I get it. Um, Darby Allen now is like apparently the next in line, and. Uh, he's you know sitting in the rafters, a la Sting, <laughs> watching this. Which have not ha- have we not seen Cody versus Darby a bunch of times or just once? I, we've seen it before. It's like, but why does Cody? Do, why, why does Darby get it? Why does Darby get a title shot? But it was for the championship, right? I believe so. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know, but Johnny Silver tried to use the title behind the referee's back, and Dark Order gets thrown from ringside. Orange Cassidy looked like he was maybe considering. Using the championship, but he handed handed it over to Arn Anderson, and uh, yeah, just is like they're like ten seconds remain, ten nine, and it's like clearly the match isn't going to have an ending to it. Yeah, I mean, I get it, but me being an Orange but, Cassidy fan, I'm kind of bummed because I'll save it till the end of the show. Um, I think what they were trying to do there, though, is like. Expect the unexpected where, like, yes, Orange Cassidy still has a shot at winning this. And it's like, once they, once they're like one minute remains, it's like, they're, that's not, that's not going to happen. Yeah, I know. But it was, have me hooked. It was awesome. I thought it was really good. Orange Cassidy wrestled his butt off, can really hang with the best. And he's really kind of showing him being the, you know, a big star in AEW. After this, we saw Lance Archer being interviewed backstage and he gets the receipt attacked by John Moxley. They're a match. Uh, did I say they're a match? Yes, yes, he did. <laughs> Their match eventually uh, gets turned into a no DQ match, which is like, just like, hello, what Cup a surprise! One. Like, what a surprise! What a shocker! Yeah, it doesn't like their match in Japan wasn't. Uh, I don't think it was supposed to be no DQ, but it turned into that. Maybe it was. I don't remember, but it was like the same exact match. Did you see Moxley at uh, Bloodsport this weekend? I did, which I had, is kind of. I, I know I texted you about it. I, I know, and I, I I just sent you a a, a Mark text back. But I mean, it's the cool. Orange Cassidy pop though. Yeah, I I <laughs> did you see like the gif of it when he walked out? People are like jumping up and down in their seats, yeah. going ballistic. It was literally, it, it, you could take that energy in that room and equate it to when Oprah gave away cars. <laughs> <laughs> And and with in regards to in regards to John Moxley working that show, 
where did all these people on the independent scene catch COVID? It I, wasn't this show, right? It was this it was another show. It wasn't the blood sports show, but it was another one of the shows. One of the guys was in the cluster F on Joey Janela's spring break. He was on the black label pro show. He had, a, so he had a match with Danhausen, and Danhausen went from there to ring of honor, ring of honor, went to the ring of honor bubble and ring of honor sent him home. Like, Hey, listen, you know, we have plans for you, but unfortunately, you know, our strict, you know, guidelines right now, we don't want you to, you know, be asymptomatic or something like that, even though he got tested twice while in the Ring of Honor bubble. So that's the, this that's this week, right? This past weekend. This the the collective, that big yeah, the nine shows last weekend. And last has, weekend. Yeah. How did John Moxley make this show? How did Orange Cassidy make this show? I have Joey no Joey Janela was he he wasn't on the show this week. On on AEW? Yeah. But he was there, I think. I'm sure he was there, but, like, how did these guys make the show when, like, how do you not two-week quarantine them just, just in case? I, I, I don't – well, that's the, that's the thing. So, so what I was saying, you know, Ring of Honor was like, hey, listen, you were in contact with one of these people that came out and said they had COVID-19. You've tested – you tested negative for it twice, but we can't take the risk of you getting in the ring with other people testing negative now. And then let's say in seven days from now, you test positive. They right. sent him home, which stinks because he has been like, he's been one of those people this year in 2020 who's been like kicking ass on, you know, social and all that stuff. And also trying to get himself booked in Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor released a Dan House shirt that like, sold incredibly well and now he's getting this opportunity he can't because of covid and his association with somebody that might have gotten it and i know everybody um, all the wrestlers at the collective before they went they had to take a covid test to say that they were they they tested negative for it yeah and i forget who i saw post about it but they were like get tested before and after every single indie show that you do which i think is super smart to absolutely to do absolutely 110 percent Especially too, that, like if you don't, let's let's say you don't get tested, and let's say you're the, you know, you're the quote unquote Ebola monkey for you know a, a cluster of wrestlers getting COVID because you don't get tested, then you know you're gonna lose out. Like, hey, this guy didn't get tested for COVID. Why are we gonna book him again if he's gonna endanger everybody else? It's smart, you know. See, that's, I, what I was just gonna say. That's just like that's like the shady side of AEW that no one will talk about. But that's also the, the W you. You could say that about anybody. WWE, yeah, but like, WWE ha kept people off television. We saw that. Yeah, but they they didn't directly talk about it too. You can't point They're, fingers at one company and point they have fingers to talk at everybody. About it, but they, but everybody but has for to talk AEW about it. for AEW to preach like we do this, we do this, we do this, and then have people test positive at a show that their champion was at, and somebody that was wrestling a champion, and then actually have them go on with the, the, the show, even though they get those rapid tests and everything. Like, hello? You can't preach that if you're not going to do it. Okay. Moving on to the show itself. Matt Hardy's now allegedly cleared to wrestle again, um, even though he's been there every single week since he wasn't alleged, to, you know, wasn't allowed to be cleared. Um, and then Sammy Guevara comes on the screen, burns a bunch of pictures, and say he's the one that attacked Matt, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago. It did you cringe at that part at least? At Which all? one? Sammy Guerrero trying to be real serious and like not where like he's like, 
It sounds like he's reading. He goes, it was me. It was me all along. Listen, you shouldn't be talking about reading from a script and remembering a script random. Well, there's nothing wrong with reading from a script, but sounding like that while you're quoting Vince, I almost cursed, McMahon. You, I can, I can, I'm editing the super, show. You can, you can, super, super You want to curse? Cringe. Curse. Go for it. No, I'm all right. But that was super cringe to me that they tried to like redo the, the higher power line right there, which I thought was so stupid. Yeah, but I appreciated seeing Matt Hardy's whole family there on television. Yeah, and <laughs> Rebby Hardy putting herself over on her kids' shirts. No, it was oh on her kids' shirts. Yeah. I, I was like, no, she was wearing a LaGreca shirt. But... Yeah, but hell yeah, put Dave LaGreca over. <laughs> hell yeah, he's awesome. Um, uh, but after that, we saw Tony Schiavone drawing tag teams that'll compete in a match that will then go on to face each other. Who will then go on to face FTR. Yes. He draws Private Party, Alex Reynolds, Johnny Silver, Butcher and the Blade, and what a surprise, the Young Bucks. <laughs> I know. When they can't, it's like in the Young Bucks. Which, I'm like, oh, great. Here we go. The, which I uh, thought was funny. Tony goes, oh, and the Young Bucks. And he was like super deflated. Yeah, well, he got attacked by them. Bucks get in the ring to, uh, they, they shake FTR's hands and they're like, we're not here to hurt you. We're here to do this. And he they super kick Johnny. They super kick the blade. Leads into a huge brawl. Uh, the Bucks were kind of like not in it. Uh, but they came out on top after attacking uh, attacking Private Party. I like how, wh- which one's the one with the sideburns? I Sideburns Jackson. How he, like, he, he has like the uh, old school like half pony now. He keeps his hair down and has like the small pony on top. He's like, yeah, I'm a bad guy now. So I have to change my hairstyle from a straight ponytail. Um, Sean Spears had a nice little video package. Yeah, yeah. Uh, about how he's not stalking Scorpio Sky. No, not at all. And then it's main event time with Eddie Kingston. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh yeah, bunch we got of stuff before that. We got well, not a bunch, but we had Hikaru Shida defending her championship successfully against Big Swole. Uh, it was a good match. Kind of wish it was a little longer, but uh, there was nothing. Yeah, there's not mu- there wasn't really much to do in that match, and I'm happy that Hikaru Shida won. That I, women's division is just like there's nothing there. They, and they they just like it doesn't look like they care about it. That's something that's been said multiple times. Let's continue on. I'm not getting on this right now. Main event of the evening: Jan Maxley defeated Lance Archer to retain the AEW Championship. Unfortunately. Eddie Kingston was on commentary. Unfortunately, Eddie Kingston was on commentary. Yes, Eddie Kingston was on commentary. No, no, I didn't say unfortunately. The way Eddie it sounded, was it sounded unfortunately. I said Lance Archer was defeated by John Moxley. Unfortunately. unfortunately, I said John Moxley defeated Lance Archer. Unfortunately, Eddie Kingston was on there commentary. We go. You needed that pause. You didn't do the pause between it. <laughs> I thought I paused, okay. but uh, Eddie Kingston trending worldwide after uh, after that episode of Dynamite. So that was awesome. But he's so fun to listen to on commentary. He's great. He's so good. Um, as far as this match goes, I thought it was way better than their match in Japan. Yes. Way better. They repeated the, the paradigm shift through the two tables uh, spot off the apron uh, just with better tables <laughs> because they, they were with those hard Japanese tables. Yeah. Oh, my God. I um, love I love seeing like spots where people like throw through tables and you just see the guy bounce. Mm. Hmm. I just wish this match 
Can you hear that or no? Yeah, I hear that loud. Big siren activity. Scotty Steiner coming to the house. <laughs> the most over uh, wrestler in the FWF. You, you don't listen. <laughs> I to just that, do wish you? Uh, this match didn't end this the, with this a spot that was used during Cody and Orange Cassidy. Which what, which was that? Orange Cassidy laid on Cody's back. Cody locks him up in the crucifix for a pin. That wasn't the end of their match. Archer hits the blackout, lays on Moxley. Moxley hits the the crucifix to pin and win. That's the one, two, three kid spot. But I don't understand why you would use that twice in a night. Two championship matches. Okay, overcritical, Brandon. Uh, it's not overcritical. It's it's little things that you notice, and it's like I didn't like that, and I spoke to other people who said they didn't like that. Yeah, you and your overcritical friends. Um, but yeah, after, don't tell me friends. After big big <laughs> setup on Eddie Kingston comes in the ring, tells Lucha Bros to get a steel chair. Well, Archer attacked John Moxley afterwards. Good, and he uh, walks off. Yep, Kingston hits the back uh, fist. Well, actually, in the future. he walks out. Phoenix, Phoenix hit Archer with the chair and it had zero effect. Because I guess he's just no selling. He's on the adrenaline he's the kick. The Murderhawk monster. Yeah, but uh, Eddie Kingston gets the upper hand. To do it also, and Kingston told him to stop. Yeah, so Eddie Kingston gets the upper hand, holds up, takes the championship, throws it down, and you know screams that he's, he's still never ha- never tapped. So I'm guessing your full gear main event's going to be John Moxley versus Eddie Kingston. That's a said that sells the pay per view for me. I don't want to see this championship match. I don't see Kenny. Oh yeah, so we didn't even talk about that too. They set up the brackets for this AEW, oh, yeah. uh, you know, championship gimmick. That's going to be going down at, what's it called? At Full Gear. It's going to be a tournament that night. And they set it up where you know the finals are going to be Hangman Page versus freaking, what's it called? Hangman Page versus Kenny Omega. I'm pulling up the, the I, thing right. I have it. It's Penta versus Phoenix. Stupid. Yeah, real. That could be the, the show stealer of the. Uh... Right, but that's just them trying to be like. We were taking something that was done elsewhere that was super successful, and we're doing it here. Then we have Omega versus Janela, Cabana versus Adam Page, Wardlow versus Jungle Boy. I mean, out of those four matches, Penta versus Ray Phoenix is going to be awesome. Cabana versus Handman Page could be really good because we know Cabana's great. Um, I'm interested to see Wardlow and Jungle Boy because I, we haven't seen enough of Wardlow and Kenny Omega versus Joey Janela. It's going to be you know Joey Jan- he kicks out of everything does you know the Joey Janela high spot which I love but you know Kenny Omega is going to win. Phoenix versus Omega. Yep. Jungle Boy versus Page. Yep. Page versus Omega. Yeah. Omega. And Omega. Yeah. Oh, and the finals are at full gear, so it's going to be Omega versus Page at full gear. Oh, we're not tag team partners anymore, bruh. I I really wish it was Phoenix going to the the end, but they're just not. He's not a main event player there. <laughs> he's just a good hand. Um, but all in all, I think it was kind of uh, you like I said it last week on the show. How hyped up I was if they did this or there was a title change. There was zero title changes. And, like, nothing big and shocking and extravagant happened. And it was kind of a little bit of a letdown for me. I want to see at least, like, one title change. You know, you could have had Hikaru Shida, Big Swole beat Hikaru Shida. But you know that the face of that women's division is going to be Britt Baker. And we know that Britt Baker and Big Swole have a a background. So, like, you know, that could set up something to a long-term feud going into 2021 for those two. But, like, I don't know. 
But I, it was it was good wrestling. It was it was good wrestling. Don't get me wrong with that. It's just I was I was expecting something bigger, and I was expecting something more, and I was expecting this to happen. Like you know, last week that, I was marking out so hard on the show. But that one goofy spot at the beginning ruined the whole show for everyone. <laughs> Everyone's just like, well, I'm done. Why hundred to see ya? I, I still like I I don't I I I tried to find gifts of that or video clips. They did not post it. I, I saw they posted a picture of it. Rick Knox was cut out of the picture, even. <laughs> well, they, like, superimposed him out? No, they just cropped him. It was just, like, the the picture, which just ended before they got to him. True. True. All right. So that was AEW Dynamite and Impact. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then Dave and Brandon will be back. But not before we have some words. From Manscaped. Our friends at Manscaped are here to remind you to take care of your biggest grooming and hygiene needs from head to toe. The all-in-one Manscaped Performance Package Kit delivers the best tools to shave your body, including your family jewels. You heard that right, even your balls. So I feel like I've used every single buzzer on the world when it comes to you know, shaving down there because I like to you know, keep a tight ship down there. This isn't no sloppy shop. So one time I was using some store-bought buzzer and I go down there and I must have, it gave me the biggest tug in the world and I must have screamed like a little girl. For your most aggressive hair below the waist, their new Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer is a must. It's waterproof with advanced skin-safe technology to reduce nicks and cuts and even has a light to help you with your close shave down there. Manscaped went a step further and just released their Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer. After you shave the boys downstairs, don't forget to whack the weeds upstairs. The Weed Whacker also has proprietary skin-safe technology to help prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. The performance package also includes Crop Preserver. It's deodorant for your balls to protect against chafing. Also, their Crop Reviver Ball Toner will keep the boys fresh at all times. And they only use the best ingredients. Vegan, cruelty-free, dye-free, sulfate-free, and paraben-free formulations. Have smelly feet? Manscaped can help with their foot duster foot deodorant made to fight odors of the dirtiest feet. Want to smell good everywhere? Good, because the refined cologne by Manscaped is a clean, fresh scent designed for the refined gentleman. Plus, it smells amazing. On top of everything, they've thrown in the Shed Travel Bag to carry your goods and the Manscaped Anti-Chafing Boxer Briefs to hold the entire package together. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code REGARDLESS, that's one for this read, at manscaped.com. Your balls and your body will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code REGARDLESS, that's two for this read, at manscaped.com. Once again, that's the code REGARDLESS, that's three for this read, for 20% off and free shipping. Take the leap and join the Manscaped movement today. Back on marketing out real quick here. Just want to talk up Manscaped. Thank you so much again for being on board with marking out. Use the coupon code regardless and save 20% and free shipping. Um, Manscaped, their products are like now like a daily routine to my life. I wake up, I take my shower, put the foot spray on, put my socks on. Um, the crop preserver is a go-to. And especially we had some hot days here. You know, especially wearing shorts or wearing jeans because it's cold in the morning. You know, you get a little, gets a little swampy. You get the, the crop reviver, a couple spritz there in the middle of the day. But I was thinking about it this morning, too, because if I still worked in the food service industry this past summer, 
you know, we would go down to the basement and we would get the, the cornstarch out and, you know, hey, you know, do a little powder job there during the middle of the day. Nope, I just bring my crop reviver, a couple sprays, and good to go for the night shift. So anyway, go to manscaped.com, use the coupon code regardless, save 20% off and free shipping. I'm still sitting on these branded 8x10s, so send us a picture of uh, your order and use the coupon code and I'll send you one. And on to Brandon for some WWE talk. Thank you, Chris. We will uh, catch up with you a bit later on. But moving over to WWE Monday Night Raw. Not going to do the gimmicks because I'm here by myself right now. But um, before Monday Night Raw started, it was announced that Shorty G, uh, who was a free agent after SmackDown, will remain on SmackDown. While Lince Dorado and Grand Metallic will be going to Monday Night Raw. Then the actual show opens with Randy Orton to hype up Hell in a Cell. Which, same style, Orton promo. McIntyre cuts him off and they brawl. It was a fine, whatever. I just want this feud to be over with. We had round one of the night two WWE draft. The Fiend got drafted to Monday Night Raw. That was a rumored draft pick and it, it ended up happening. Um, Bailey stays on SmackDown as the champion. Randy Orton stays on Monday Night Raw. The Street Profits, the WWE SmackDown, or no, Raw Tag Team Champions go to SmackDown. Charlotte stays on Monday Night Raw. After this, we saw Kevin Owens defeat Aleister Black in a no-DQ match. Um, the, the double knee spot that was done on all the chairs, I thought that was cool. But Aleister Black missed the black mass outside the ring. He hits the, the ring post instead. Kevin Owens puts him back in the ring, hits a stunner and a pop-up powerbomb through the table to, to get the victory there. Round two of the drafts, we saw Braun Strowman go to Monday Night Raw while Daniel Bryan will be staying on SmackDown. Matt Riddle goes to Monday Night Raw. Kevin Owens goes to SmackDown. And Jeff Hardy goes to Monday Night Raw. They moved to Miz TV with Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke. Natalia and Lana came out and it led to a brawl. I wish it went in a different direction where they maybe involved Tucker, but that didn't happen. And after that happened, uh, Miss TV happened again with John Morrison as a guest and Lars Sullivan cut this off. Miz ducked and left John Morrison there to fight for himself. Um, I, so I I hope they don't split. I feel like I've been saying this for a bit now. I really do hope they don't split John Morrison and the Miz up. But in round three, they drafted Retribution to Monday Night Raw without Mercedes Martinez, even though she was in the picture. Lars Sullivan goes to SmackDown. Keith Lee stays on Monday Night Raw. King Corbin stays on SmackDown. And pretty much expected Alexa Bliss comes to Monday Night Raw. We saw Seth Rollins come out to say his goodbyes to Monday Night Raw and wants to find a new leader while he goes to SmackDown. And Jeff Hardy cut this off. Seth Rollins told him that he's got uh, a match with Lars Sullivan on SmackDown. Definitely don't think Rollins wants Jeff Hardy as the leader. But AJ Styles comes out 
and told Seth Rollins to leave because this was never Monday Night Rollins, which I thought was really funny. I liked that little interaction between AJ and Seth. And then Seth and AJ Styles started to argue, which led to Jeff Hardy jumping onto both of them, challenging them to a match, which leads into AJ Styles picking up the victory over Jeff Hardy and Seth Rollins. Um, and I liked, I really liked the setup for this match with that previous segment. And I liked the match itself. And, and, um, at one point, Tom Phillips even called it a pay-per-view quality match. And I a hundred percent agree with that. I just, I thought it was such a good match. Even, um, Seth Rollins, he was going for the stomp on AJ Styles and Jeff Hardy ends up catapulting off of AJ's back to DDT Seth Rollins instead. I just thought that was so good. Then we saw AJ Styles have the, the calf crusher locked in on Seth Rollins, lets it go because he saw Jeff Hardy go for the Swanton, which lands on Seth, and AJ Styles was able to pick up the victory there. I thought AJ was uh was not going to win the match. I thought Jeff Hardy was a like a sure thing to win that match, but uh Jeff Hardy he hits that twist of fate, and Elias makes his return, smashes a guitar over Jeff Hardy's back based off of months ago when they did that stupid drunk driving angle where Elias was taken out by Jeff Hardy's car, which I thought we already knew it was Sheamus, but that like, it was kind of alluded to in, in Elias's promo, but (laughs) that whatever that what else can you say about that? He has a new album coming out October 26th, which I'm pumped for. And he's going to be doing a uh, concert next week on Monday Night Raw. So that's cool to look forward to. Uh, Elias, by the way, gets drafted to Monday Night Raw. Sami Zayn stays on SmackDown. Lacey Evans goes to Monday Night Raw. Cesaro and Nakamura stay on SmackDown. And going to Monday Night Raw, Sheamus. After that, we saw Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke defeat Natalia and Lana. Um... This, I don't know, this match, I don't know, Mandy had some, like, Lucha-esque moves, which was weird to see, but other than that, there really isn't much to say. And then afterwards, Natalia asked Lana if she was stupid, and then said she was done and left, so they're just no longer a thing. But we saw Angel Garza defeat Andrade. With Zelina Vega on commentary. I don't remember getting an official breakup between them. But I liked the stuff that happened in the match. I wish it was longer. Zelina got in the ring afterwards to check on Andrade. And Alexa Bliss appeared after Fiend gimmicks happened. And she was doing the the Bray Wyatt pose. Uh, The Fiend then appears behind Andrade. And they both do the Sister Abigail to Zelina and Andrade. So that was um, exciting. I really I, I enjoyed that segment. Uh, the next round of the draft saw Nikki Cross going to Monday Night Raw. Uh, which is weird because I thought they maybe would have separated her with um, her from Alexa Bliss. But Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode go to SmackDown. R-Truth stays on Monday Night Raw. Apollo Crews goes back to SmackDown 
And Dava Kato, I guess you can say, stays on Monday Night Raw. I guess, uh, I, I don't know, they, the rumors were going this week that uh, Raw Underground has been officially canceled. But earlier in the night, we saw Adam Pierce wanting the New Day and the Street Profits to switch championships because they both switched brands. This was cut off by uh, Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler. And it seemed like they were going to challenge the Street Profits to the title match, but... Kofi stepped up and they made that match. I thought the original SmackDown Tag Team Championships would end up going back to SmackDown. The original as in the ones that were started with Chris Benoit and Kurt Angle. But because the because Street Profits switched the titles with Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods, the titles stay on on Monday Night Raw and I wasn't I wasn't really prepared for that cuz now all the title history was just like completely goofed there. Like the Street Profits were almost uh, like 230-ish day reign. Now they're at one. And they didn't mention it at all, but New Day made history there. On SmackDown, they end up tying with the Dudley Boys at nine reigns. But now they're at ten reigns because they are now a different tag team champion. And I think Kofi Kingston uh, maybe over uh, had another record over Edge with an individual reign or something. I'm not a hundred percent positive with that, but they New Day has more reigns than Dudley Boys now, and they didn't mention that. Uh, but that led into the New Day defeating Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode to retain the tag team championships. Uh, Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode did a cool aided Famouser, which I, I appreciated and I really liked. It kind of reminded me of WrestleMania 28 when Zack Ryder was going for the Rough Rider, I think on Miz. And Miz like popped him up in the air and then he ends up, he ends up hitting it up on, uh, on Ziggler. So I thought that was cool. But Xavier Woods was an absolute beast in the ring here. The only thing I thought during this match was if Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode won <laughs> the titles, the, the title history would have been even crazier. And then it, because they got drafted to SmackDown. So it would have been super weird. But it was a good match. Uh, earlier in the night, we saw the Hurt Business backstage. And Ricochet proposed one last match against them where if he wins, uh, they go their separate ways. And if they win, he joins Retribution. Uh, not Retribution, the Hurt Business. Jeez. Ricochet then took on Cedric Alexander and won via disqualification. We saw the referee get knocked down. MVP slides a chair to Cedric. But Ricochet picks it up and pulls an Eddie Guerrero. Uh, the, the comedic sell that... <laughs> That Ricochet had of the chair shot I thought was absolutely hilarious. And definitely stuff like that are uh, moments that you'll look past and rewatch over and over again for, for the comedic aspect in professional wrestling. Uh, round six of the draft saw Titus O'Neil staying on Monday Night Raw. Carmella staying on SmackDown. Peyton Royce stays on Monday Night Raw. Aleister Black goes to SmackDown. And Akira Tozawa stays on Monday Night Raw. We saw a dual brand battle royal to face. Uh, to see who will be facing Asuka for the Raw Women's Championship. Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, The Iconics, Bianca Belair, Dana Brooke, Mandy Rose, Natalia, Lana, Nikki Cross, 
Tamina, Lacey, Evans, uh, Ruby Riot, Liv Morgan, uh, Alexa Bliss, and Zelina Vega were supposed to be in this, but uh, because of what happened earlier, I guess they weren't. But uh, I liked Nia Jax taking, um, not Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler helping to eliminate Nia Jax. And then for a fourth time, Lana goes through the commentary table. Comes down to the ride squad, Lacey Evans and Natalia. Looked like Natty wins, but Lana came back into the ring and won. Didn't think, they're like, we forgot about Lana. Why were we to ever expect Lana was still in the match when the like we saw her outside the ring and then she gets put through the table. It wasn't like we saw her get pulled out of the ring. At least I don't remember seeing that, but, but that's, that's the next opponent for Oscar. It's Lana. Um, so maybe, I don't know, maybe she's not, unless she's going to lose in like one second, maybe she's not really being buried with all those tables spots. Um, but backstage we saw Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre brawling. During that battle royal, it spilled into the ringside area afterwards. And that was the end of Monday Night Raw. But we saw more draft picks. Lana stays on Monday Night Raw. Natalia goes to SmackDown. Riddick Moss stays on Monday Night Raw. The Riot Squad goes to SmackDown. Arturo Ruas stays on Monday Night Raw. Supplemental even more. We see Eric staying on Raw. Tamita stays on SmackDown. Billy Kay going to SmackDown. And Zelina Vega goes to SmackDown. So undrafted from the draft are both Mickey James and who's out with a broken nose and Andrade. So I don't know. I can only assume that Andrade will end up staying on Monday Night Raw because Charlotte is there. But I, I don't know what will happen. Moving over to NXT. We saw Kyle O'Reilly come out uh, as if he was the leader of Undisputed Era while Adam Cole is out injured. He spoke about Ridge Holland and Kyle O'Reilly said whoever is behind paying Ridge to take out Adam Cole, they'll find him and hurt him. Uh, Maybe it's Fish and O'Reilly? I don't know, but Bobby Fish and, uh, not Fish and O'Reilly. I mean, Fish and Strong, who teamed up to defeat, uh, Danny Burch and Oni Larkin to become the number one contenders for the NXT Tag Team Championships. Uh, I've said many times how much I enjoy seeing Oni Larkin and Danny Burch. And I've also said how much I like watching, Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch versus Undisputed Era, so I could I still could totally watch that match for hours. So I'm glad we we got to see it again. Uh, but I do wish there were more teams in NXT right now to wrestle for the titles. After that, we saw an official Finn Balor update. He underwent surgery for his jaw, uh, and they're gonna wait a few weeks to see if they'll need to strip him of the championship. Hopefully they don't have to. After that, we saw Ember Moon do a sit-down interview thing where she basically said that she knew she needed NXT. She withdrew herself from the, the draft. 
And I like that she, that they explained that even. I like that she took herself out of the draft and, and said, I need NXT. I need to, to feel reinvigorated or whatever. So she said, I'm going to go through everybody I need to go through uh, to get to EO. So that, that should be fun to watch Ember Moon in NXT again. We saw Jake Atlas defeat Ashante the Adonis. Uh, Joaquin Wilde and Raul Mendoza came out to distract Adonis. They end up ripping him out of the ring afterwards to beat him up. But Jake Atlas helped him out. And then Santos Escobar came out. They all headed to the ring and Swerve Scott showed up, tosses two chairs in the ring, gets into the ring with a chair himself. And Legato Del Fantasma walked off. We saw the Garganos interviewed about their upcoming matches. Uh, they spoke about how it's basically their destiny to be to both be champion at the same time in NXT. Johnny Gargano goes on to defeat Austin Theory. And just like last week with Dexter Loomis, I would have liked for this match to have been shorter. Like it's Johnny Gargano. It's Mr. NXT. Mr. Takeover, whatever you want to call Johnny Gargano. I understand Austin Theory has already been on WrestleMania. He's already been on Monday Night Raw. But how does he get so much offense here? Like Gargano's being painted as Mr. NXT. Why is he not winning matches against people like Austin Theory in a quicker manner? We saw Raquel Gonzalez challenge Rhea Ripley to a match at Halloween Havoc. Rhea Ripley showed up and they got into a screaming match. It was confirmed later on by William Regal that that match will in fact take place. We also saw Candice LeRae defeat Shotzi Blackheart. uh, And she's going to go on to face Io at Halloween Havoc. And I I thought this match was a good match. Indy Hartwell showed up uh, and gave brass knucks to Candice. And she was able to win with that. We saw William Regal interviewed about the ending of this match and he said that he might need to upgrade the stakes of their match at at Halloween Havoc. Then we saw Zia Lee ask William Regal for a match next week. She was with Boa again. And she was saying how it was very important that she gets a match. And it kind of seemed like she was worried about needing one. So I don't know if they're going to play it off like a... What is that movie? So like Crash or something where uh, the guy was on a bus and he had to listen to somebody over the phone. <laughs> something like that. I don't know if that's what it's like going to end up turning into or something. I think the movie's called Crash. I'm not sure. Uh, we saw Drake Maverick pitching stuff to Killian Dane. We saw a Robert Stone promo. Tony Storm picks up the victory over Aaliyah. Tony Storm got a new theme song, which uh, it's not as bad as the other new theme songs, but it's still, I, I liked her old theme songs, like the Power Ranger knockoff theme. Uh, but it was a quick match, and it put Tony Storm over. I think it was what anybody could have expected. We saw Imperium defeat Killian Dane and Drake Maverick. I said last week I liked the dynamic between Drake Maverick and Killian Dane. I thought they were going to win. But that didn't happen, and we saw Everize come out afterwards and attack Drake Maverick, and Killian Dane 
bodies them, takes them out, and basically says he's the only person who gets to do that to Drake Maverick. So there is some sort of uh, an alliance forming between the two of them, maybe an acquaintanceship. We saw Damian Priest defeat Dexter Loomis to retain the North American Championship. I don't remember why Dexter Loomis was given a title shot at all. But I like the kip up into his leg drop that that, uh, Dexter Loomis did. Cameron Grimes hits a cave-in on the apron behind the referee's back. Damian Priest had no clue that Cameron Grimes was there. Uh, Then we saw Cameron Grimes get into the ring after Damian Priest left, which he saw. And he goes back into the ring, hits the reckoning on Cameron Grimes and told him to stay out of his business. And then Johnny Gargano attacked Damian Priest with a chair to end the show. But we saw William Regal come out, introduce Shotzi Blackheart, the host of Halloween Havoc. And Shotzi announced that both the Gargano matches, Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae's matches will be determined by Spin the Wheel, Make a Deal. Famous from Halloween Havoc in WCW's past. I'm happy it's returning. I'm looking forward. Hopefully we don't get some like tired matchup. We, we see something new and exciting. Moving over to NXT UK. We saw another first round Heritage Cup tournament match. Dave Mastiff defeated Joseph Connors. Uh, knocking Connors out in the, I think the third round it was. We saw a vignette for Jordan Devlin, who is still claiming to be the cruiserweight champion. And I liked this promo because he showed like it showed off in the in the the promo. I'm not stupid. I see what happened. Like it was announced interim cruiserweight championship match. Then the interim part was removed. And that just like it kept happening so as if like they forgot about him so he's right there cuts one hell of a promo until you go through me you're not the champion we saw Piper Niven defeat Isla Dawn we saw Pete Dunne teaming up with Ilya Dragunov to defeat Alexander Wolf and Walter uh, Pete Dunne's first match again in uh, seven months I believe it was And it was cool to see Pete Dunne versus Walter again. And I thought we would see Ilya get the pin over uh, Alexander Wolf, but he actually pinned Walter. But this was a really good match. And Walter chopping the absolute heck out of Ilya Dragunov was just absolutely insane. Uh, and overall, I'm really enjoying this, this new format of NXT UK moving over to SmackDown for the season premiere. They had a kickoff show with Renee Young. Uh, George Kittle was there, uh, not actually there, but on the screen David Ortiz was there stone cold. They advertised, but he didn't speak about pro wrestling. He just put over, I guess, a gimmick that was supposed to be airing on Saturday. Uh, I don't really remember what it was because I don't really care for sports. But Triple H and Stephanie were there, and I like that Fox was making a big deal out of a season premiere. 
But they started the show with the whole roster on the stage with Triple H and Stephanie actually in the ring to hype up the show. It leads to a big brawl and then furthermore ends with Lars Sullivan taking a bunch of people out and then Jeff Hardy attacking him leading into their match where Lars Sullivan picks up the victory over Jeff Hardy. I guess maybe it it went how you expected, but maybe not. I mean, yeah, Jeff Hardy got a lot of offense in, so... It was back and forth. But yeah, Lars Sullivan, I think, needed to win that over Jeff Hardy. Although now that Jeff Hardy is going to Monday Night Raw, hopefully he gets a lot of wins in. We saw a new Bianca Belair vignette, which was way better than what we saw in the previous weeks on Monday Night Raw. I think, I don't know, maybe it's because it's Fox. And they're known for airing sports. I have no idea, but it was like miles above better than than USA Network or Raw, I should say. But we saw New Day speak as a group one last time. They shed tears together and then moved into their match where they defeated Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro and Sheamus. It was cool to see the bar back together for one night only. Sheamus is going back to Monday Night Raw. Um, I feel like the bar still kind of abruptly ended. So it was nice to get one send off for them as well. But this match was a really good match. I think my favorite match of the night, uh, it was, there were constant tags, uh, a bunch of cool double team moves. I know Ziggler and rude. were doing a bunch of double team stuff, uh, in their match. That were like stuff that we hadn't seen before too. But Xavier Woods and Big E and and Kofi were pulling out new double team moves as well. So I I thought that was cool. Um, And I'm going to miss New Day as a a whole group. And I was just hoping Big E didn't turn on them. And that didn't happen. So that was like, like, thank God. But we saw Otis interviewed. Sami Zayn cuts it off. And he brought up how... Otis lost Tucker and Mandy to Monday Night Raw, and he'll probably lose the briefcase to Miz in the lawsuit. Otis shoves him down with one arm. I don't know, maybe Otis cashes in on Sami Zayn. First ever, not a uh, a world title match. Cash in. But we saw Daniel Bryan return after that. Putting over the new talent, drafted to SmackDown, and who he wants to work with. Seth Rollins cuts him off. Could have been Bailey. Same theme song start. He basically asked him to join his side. Daniel Bryan said what Seth Rollins is doing is dumb. And Seth Rollins attacked him. D. Bryan had that comeback. Seth Rollins goes to run off. But Rey Mysterio and Dominic come out. And Seth is like, yeah, let's, uh, let's team up against them. And Daniel Bryan walks away. He's like, nah, I'm good. Buddy Murphy runs out, looks like he's about to join with Seth Rollins to take on the Mysterios, and then attacks Seth Rollins. He went for a handshake after that to uh, Ray and Dominic, but they weren't having it, and they left. I don't know why. I feel like they could have given him a handshake. They just, uh, I don't know. I don't know why. Uh, Kind of salty looking. I don't think Murphy did anything wrong. We saw the Street Profits versus Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode end in a no contest. So 
the Street Profits retain the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Both teams brawled. Like I said before, the tag team move stuff was super cool. Ziggler and Rude with another cool double team move, the Spine Buster and the Zigzag combo, I thought was really cool. But after that, we saw Sasha Banks and Bayley in a Hell in a Cell contract signing. Bayley didn't sign the contract. And I really hope this match happens because I want to see it inside the Hell in a Cell. Maybe it doesn't actually have to take place at Hell in a Cell. Maybe it like, Bailey's like, I'm not signing this contract. This match is, is not happening. And then it just like continues the feud and leads to WrestleMania where they do a Hell in a Cell or something like that. I don't know if that'd be stupid or whatnot. I would appreciate seeing that though. Main event to SmackDown saw Roman Reigns defeat Braun Strowman to retain the Universal Championship. I don't know why this match took place, but Roman Reigns ends up choking Braun Strowman out. Jey Uso came out afterwards. Roman Reigns hits Braun with the spear, beats him up with the chair, and I think he tried to get Jey Uso to attack Braun with the chair as well, but Jey throws it down, or he wanted him to attack Roman Reigns with the chair because he turned his back as well. I really didn't compute that, but... Jay tosses the chair down and ends up hitting Roman Reigns with an uppercut, a super kick. Use the chair on Roman Reigns. Reigns ends up uh, hitting a Superman punch. That's the end of SmackDown. I'm looking forward to their match at Hell in a Cell for sure. And uh, just throughout the night, it was cool to see them use wrestlers on the screens inside the Thunderdome. Like Jeff Jarrett was there. Brie Bella was there with Birdie. Ric Flair was there. Mark Henry... Keith Lee, who I don't think they mentioned. Uh, and then also Goldberg was there. And I'm I'm s- like so relieved that um, this is what Goldberg meant when he's posted about being in the Thunderdome later on. Because like the internet, like it took off. And uh, thank God he meant being there on the screens and not storyline wise. So... <laughs> But that's SmackDown. Hey, Chris got a match of the week. Chris's match of the week. Chris's match of the week. Yes, I do, Brandon. So as we both discussed last week, I have been watching... Well, we both have. I think we've been watching the Impact Plus while we have it. Um, And I kind of went down a little uh, wormhole this last weekend of Monty Brown and Marcus Corvon matches. Uh, So this one was awesome. From Final Resolution 2005, it was Monty Brown versus Jeff Jarrett. Uh, I mean, Monty Brown should have won this match. That's just me. But it was an awesome showing for Monty Brown, how awesome he was. And I don't think he got the credit that he needed in WWE. Oh, absolutely not, no. He should have he been so much bigger than he was. I think if he was around these days, NXT, he would be bigger in NXT. Yeah, because people would be marking out so hard for him. But and it's crazy, like he didn't win any championships. Ever. He had like a cup of coffee. He literally, I think, had like four months. He had from ECW until that, like the old school versus the new oh, no, breed. But, uh, even even in Impact in TNA, there weren't any, any yeah, championships. No championships victories. whatsoever. Go, Brandon. You got any shoutouts? Hi, this is Casey Kasem, and up next on the American Top Forty, Brandon shoutouts. <laughs> 
The first shout out is going to American Pie, like the original four, at least. Um, because they, they have, there's a new spinoff on Netflix now. I don't, you're probably not going to watch it, right? No. Absolutely it's not. American Pie Girls Rules. Have you seen any of the other, like, spinoffs? No. I saw, like, American Wedding and American Reunion. Yeah, so those are, like, the original core four with, like, the actual actors in them. The Jeter, um, Mariano, Andy Pettit, and uh, who was the other one? Fuck. Language. Man. I'll right, continue. Yeah, so uh, Eugene Levy was in the other eight movies, like, all the spinoffs and everything. This one, he just wasn't in it. And I, I don't think Schitt's this Creek. fit. It, that that could have been it, but like for a little cameo to like he was literally in every single other American Pie movie. Yeah. So and I think like it would have been better had they not paired this with American Pie as like a standalone film. Like it wasn't a bad movie; it just wasn't great. Okay. Uh, and I don't think it fit the series of American Pie. It was just like it was. I, I don't know. It was like them trying to. It was like it was like a raunchy women led film yeah it, but it um, just could have been like any other thing it didn't have to be american pie cool so uh but the next shout out goes to the day of 2016 draft uh i don't know why it takes them so long to release footage like this but uh i liked seeing behind the scenes stuff in regards to the like the, the especially the draft because they didn't know what were like the actual outcomes like beforehand flair they interviewed her and they're like she's like i really hope becky doesn't get drafted she's like my ride or die and then they show charlotte crying because becky was drafted to smackdown yeah and she went to raw they also show aj styles is being interviewed and he gets drafted to smackdown and the club get drafted to monday night raw and Gallows and Anderson walk up. They're like, did you hear that? We're going to Raw. He goes, are you serious? Are you serious? And, like, you could see on his face, like, how sad and disappointed he was. Yeah. But without that, we would have never gotten the Balor Club. But. Uh, and then the last shout-out goes to Joel McHale. Uh, he was on The Bump this week talking about wrestling and, and having wrestlers on the suit back in the day. So I thought it was cool. So shout out to Joel. I Wasn't RJ one. City on it this week too? On the bump? Yeah. I don't remember him being on the bump this week. He was week. on something this week. He was on watch along. No, he was on the, the bump last week. He did the, the mock draft with them. Oh, okay. They were doing dude, I saw thought for sure. For the past month on the bump they were doing like this guy would come on dressed in a like a mask or whatever in a disguise and he'd cut a promo. And like, he would cut, like, Dusty Rhodes promo, Miz promo, uh, a John Cena promo, and I forget who else he did. But the 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 host of the show had to guess who he was. Kind of like a masked singer situation. Okay. And I, after the first one, I thought for sure. I was like, that is Damien Sandow. I know his voice 100%. Or maybe 99.9%. I even, like, changed the, the voice to make it sound like it was, like, a, a lower pitch or whatever. So I pitched it up to, to hear it. I'm like, that sounds like Sandow. Uh, and then it turned out it was it was Mansoor. And I was like, oh. 
yeah. So those are my shout outs. Now it's time for our moment of the week. That is right. Our mark out moment of the week. You and I collectively, um, I think switched on Wednesday night. We were like, yes, we need Lance Archer to win now. Yep. Earlier in the day, Lance Archer put out some videos of, uh, well, there was a comedian. uh, I don't remember his name right now. Uh, There was Minoru Suzuki, which was cool. But Lance Archer from the Woodworks pulled out a video from Monty, (laughs) the alpha male brown, to put him over on Dynamite this week, and uh, I marked the hell out for that. I appreciated that video beyond appreciation. I thought it was incredible to see that. So I'm going to... Especially because, like, where has Monty Brown been? He's just been retired. So it was nice to nice to see Monty Brown in that situation there. And I know you marked out for that as well. I've gone down a rabbit hole this week of Monty Brown stuff, so I was like Wikipedia him and stuff like that. But I want to read our actual conversation about this um, because uh, it ties to this. I'm going to throw some bleeps in there because I don't think Dave's getting to this. So, holy mother. Lance Archer has uh, has been getting people to record vids of him to win the title tonight. He got Monty f- Brown. And then I write, holy f- in all capitals, I've been watching so much Monty Brown. Like, Suzuki was cool, but then Monty Brown, exclamation point. Then I write, he's my match of the week this week. As we heard, him versus Jarrett, final resolution, 05. And then Brandon writes, from double, uh, against Double J, I said, uh, and there's our mark out moment of the week also. So, yeah. That's all I got this week, Monty Brown. And it was so funny, too, because last week on the Major Wrestling Figure podcast, you know, they do the the, the yeah. incarnation of domination, and it was Monty Brown. So then yeah. I'm like, oh, man, Monty Brown was so cool, and they were bad-mouthing his music in, in WWE, and I loved it. I, was I loved cool. Smooth. Are you kidding me? I'm going down, down, down. But they oh, said, smooth. like, they should. They said Elijah Burke and Monty Brown, their music should have been, like, switched. But oh, yes, I definitely, I could, yes. A hundred percent. I could hear that. Yeah. Um, however, uh, I I was and then I'm like, oh man, I used to love him. And then I started watching. I went on the network and I started watching all the. He did this. I forget. He did this match. I think it was against CM Punk, where he had CM Punk in like a sidewalk slam. He did it to Jarrett in that final resolution match, and then he threw him up in the air and caught him as a power bomb and slammed him down. And I just remember watching that live. On ECW, well, WWECW, and marking out so hard at how I'm like, I've never seen this move done before. And he was so good, and that was it for Monty Brown. And then he just disappeared, and I was so depressed. So, uh, awesome. Was it that, was it that Alpha Bomb, or no? Was it the, is that what he called it? I, I from what you're describing, I think it might have been, but I'm not sure. It, well, it takes an alpha male to hit a power bomb like that. So, you guys should all, listening to the show... Should go uh, watch some Monty Brown matches or some Marcus Corvon matches, and it's just so awesome. And that was our awesome episode of Marking Out for uh, 506 this week. Thank you so much for everybody listening. I right, go to markingout.com, rate, review, subscribe on all your major podcasting applications, Facebook.com slash Twitter. 
Facebook.com slash MarkingOut. YouTube and Instagram.com slash MarkingOut11. Email us, MarkingOut1 at gmail.com. And buy all of our merchandise at ProWrestlingTees.com slash MarkingOut. And until next week, you can follow me on Twitter at ChrisSweendog. Dave on Twitter at DaveTheRave underscore MO. And Brandon on Twitter and Instagram at BTTG161. And we wish you the... Best of luck in your future endeavors. Have a fantastic week.